0: In today's crazy world, we're constantly using things we don't need, doing things we don't like, and never really moving forward or getting the results we're hoping for in either ourselves or our animals. Are you ready for a change? Join me, Wendy Patrick, your host on Quantumly Yours, Phinecium Health's podcast, and become empowered to take control of you and your animals' health and well-being. We're all quantumly connected. So whether you're around the corner or around the world, it doesn't matter. Because we can help each other and all work together on our journeys. So come, join me and together we'll miss bust share advice, knowledge, truths, and suggestions to help you awaken, grow, and continue your journey to a healthier, happier life. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Quantum Leers with your host, me, Wendy Patrick, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. Today, we're going to talk to a real professional who actually knows lots and lots and lots of things. Um, before we get started with that, I just want to ask you to share our podcast. Uh, you can see us on YouTube, um, BitChute, Rumble and you'll also find us on telegram at finessium holistic health and um also on you you're on facebook and instagram sorry all tongue tied and twisted and mixed up and we're recording this on a monday in case you can't work that out um so All sorts of other platforms we will try and add and we'll try and let you know as that happens. All of the links will be in the bottom so that you can like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. And in fact, go to our website, finaciumhealth.com. So if you are a professional or if you're just a very caring pet or health person who um, works in the natural field, or even just works with animals or is a volunteer and has some really good stories, advice, information to share, we'd love to hear from you as well. So you can contact us through there. So I will now start to introduce my wonderful guest today, who is a very good friend as well. I'm very honored to to know this lady and have her in my life, even though she is halfway around the world now in Scotland. Um, But Heather Lang is with me today, and Heather is an osteopath and an ergonomic consultant with 26 years experience working across the uk and canada her first bachelor of science was in animal behavior and bioergonomics and her second um degree is in osteopathy and neuro naturopathy i tongue twisting all the time, Heather. I apologize for tripping over those. She also has a postgraduate diploma in animal osteopathy and behavior and also has lots and lots and lots more knowledge than that that I know about because I've known her a long time and hopefully she'll share some of that with us today. But Heather, welcome
1: to the show. Hello, Wendy. Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. It's an honor. I'm glad you've taken the time out of your hectic schedule, which I know it is, to come and chat with us and our listeners today. So, um, let's, so let's let's hear a wee bit more about you. Tell us more about you, Heather.
1: Um, like that, I've been doing biomechanical research and analysis for 26 years. I started off as an ergonomic consultant, but I found I was spending so much time writing legislation for the benefit of the funders as opposed to the benefit of the projects um and i moved into osteopathy because i am passionate about biomechanics i'm passionate about the human body but i wanted to help people as opposed to help the the legislation and industry absolutely that's
0: why I love you (laughs) that's absolutely why we love you get yeah get the 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 help out to the people who need it rather than the people who are just making money off it
1: it's the lies it was the lies that we couldn't stand um when i walked onto sites as a, a brand new shiny graduate um when i first started they were like, oh, time in motion. I'm like, no, 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 I'm here to to see if we can do things that will prevent back pain and prevent carpal tunnel syndrome and these repetitive strain injuries and just generally make your life better. And the workers would turn around and say, no, you're not, you're time in motion. And as it was, as the the veils lifted, yes. For the most part at that time in the early 90s, it was time in motion. Fortunately, now industry seems to be catching up. Um, A lot of the the bigger businesses like Google very famously now have beds and trampolines and proper recreational areas for people to, to recharge. So they're starting to think more about the psychology, but it's a long time coming and most industry is still basically you are a body, you are a working machine, um, and not looking at the person inside.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Wow. It's, that's that's kind of mind-blowing just to think. And I mean, anybody, even of, of our timeline, we've never had that opportunity to have a break time where you would go and stretch or jump on a trampoline or go down the slide or actually play. We lost that childishness where we moved. We just don't move anymore. And I, it was actually until I met you, it was always, you sit still, you don't move, you don't speak, you be a good girl and you do this, this, and this, and you fall into this box and that's your life. And then I, I met you, you and did. you're like, no, oh, no, you have to move. And, and you are always <laughs> doing things. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. So you got me out of that stagnant, non-moving entity into this thing that can still do stuff and bend and stretch and things. Well, the a bit
1: more. Primary, if you look at uh, a group of primary twos and there's one of them is you know if there's one that's sitting stock still you kind of put a little question mark over the the non-fidgety child whereas if you were at a board meeting you would put a question mark over the one that's kind of kind of fidgeting because we're taught to be still you are a spring you're designed like a great big spring that bounces around the serengeti chasing antelope <laughs> when people say how did this happen you think the real question is why didn't this happen sooner because we are so far removed from movement the two things the body hates it hates static posture and it hates repetition and anybody who's tied to a desk what they're doing is statically repeating movements um and I mean, working from home is now that everybody with COVID, everybody's working from home, they're doing it around the kitchen table on tall, tall stools with low counters or mm. they're hunched over with, um, the, the computer on the side of the sofa in these real pretzel positions. And it's crippling people because they're not even getting the exercise of going to the car and going to the office or getting up and walking to the water cooler it's That's very true our society is absolutely crippling people by making it more and more efficient
0: wow i mean just thinking as you're saying that as well we're doing it to our animals
1: absolutely i mean i get asked all the time why would an animal need to see an osteopath and you think the reason an animal needs to see an osteopath is because it lives in a human world i mean one <laughs> of the reasons it do horses anymore is because nine times out of ten I'll walk onto the yard. The person will walk up to me, kilted over like that because they've been lifting water buckets all the time. They say, oh, my horse walks funny. It's like, no, no, no guessing. You know, so more often than not, it's the human intervention. Um, The number of dogs I have to treat because they haven't been taught to walk on the lead. They've been constantly hauling and hauling at the lead and then they become lame at the front end because they're choking themselves all the time. They're doing little partial hangings yeah. every time they go for a walk or um the dog has a basket for its entire life in the corner of the room where it sits in the same position watching the door because you know they they have natural ways of lying they want to see the door they want to see their escape routes so if you don't reposition their point of view you're going to have an animal that sits in the same position all the time then that eventually starts to, to creep into their biomechanics, the same as it does with us.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, my guys are spoiled here because it doesn't matter where I am. They're usually with me in one form or another. So they yeah. probably have about half a dozen different favourite spots in the house. So at least they move whenever I go upstairs or downstairs and things like that. So the benefit, I suppose, in one point with us being... Um, stuck at home and furloughed or locked down or whatever you want to call it um, is that our animals are now a little bit more active because they don't have to be kept lying in that basket watching the door or stuck in the kennel for long periods of
1: time. Always find a way to mess it up it's don't a they? double-edged one, that one because it's great I mean the adult dogs I mean, Lord knows if there's a family of six, that poor little creature is getting walked 12 times a day, Um, which is fine for an active dog. But my big fear is an awful lot of people went out and bought puppies over lockdown. And these little puppies are getting walked six hours a day. So you may not be seeing the problems immediately, but they're twofold. One is further down the line. All of that Forced exercise on a young, growing body with such large gaps in the in the bone platelets, that's asking for problems later on down the line. Yes. Um, overuse. They're starting agility with a three month old puppy, oh. um, which is the same as you know jumping a three year old horse, and it's like oh I've got three year old horse that'll jump 160. It's the same issue with that impact on a growing a growing skeleton. But the other problem is the poor animals aren't getting any sleep. Because a dog needs 12 to 14 hours sleep per day. A puppy needs 16 to 20 hours yep. sleep per day. And yep. getting them and working from home, it's great. Oh, I can take my dog out every half hour. You know, my dog's constantly with me. <laughs> and it's like yes, leave you your every hour. Uh, so that's creating behavioral problems. So on the one hand, yeah, for the the good dog owners, it's bliss. It's bliss for the dog owner. It's bliss for the human, providing they're going to continue working from home. Yes. Um, But this is where the animal behavior side of it is really making my heart cry at times. um, Because a lot of people are getting dogs and we're getting not enough information on training the dog and what the dog needs and enough respect for what the dogs need.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and just adding that, I mean, a lot of times it's being added to this really nuclear family as it's now become again, but it's been added as a distraction to the kids who are now stuck home from school or whatever else. And it's not actually helping the development of that animal. It's another Mm -hmm. selfish addition to a household, if you like, to give them something to do as opposed to what care are you actually giving this animal what research have you actually put into what care this animal needs um i was on um dave sherwin's show on the derobi health and it mentioned because he was one of one of the big things with with his setup as the this the exercise part and as i said to him yeah tired dogs are a happy dog but the backside of that is, and even if it's an older dog that they've in, inherited or adopted, um, or it's an older dog that they've had living with them that's now getting all this exercise, the thing is, if your world changes again, then that dog still has to maintain that amount of exercise because you've now got a very fit animal in your house that's going to be going absolutely stir crazy. If all of a sudden that stops and you're not doing the eight mile trek every day or you're not doing the 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 two hour hikes every saturday and every thursday and every tuesday and every monday afternoon and it goes back down to a 15 minute around the block so
1: um, people can get a bit lazy using walking as the only exercise Mm. five minutes of training is going to tire a dog out way more than an hour and a half walking it around the woods. Right. get the dog using their brains and um when i mean i know i've got a border collie puppy and god love it <laughs> a but when she's tired how i wish i had this absolute dynamic manic energy whenever i got tired but uh you know, she's just like mach three round the living room, but five minutes of scent training and that's her out like a light.
0: Wow,
1: isn't that and funny? Everyone, yeah. the poor little creature. All she's ever going to get told is stop that, stop that, don't be, you know, bad dog, um, which isn't good for anybody's ego. No, no. But, uh, no, Um And th- this is this is another problem I see with folk that have gone out and got the dogs and thinking the dog needs it, the, the dog needs to be tired. Yes, a tired dog, but a mentally tired dog is a far easier creature to deal with than a physically tired dog. A physically tired dog is more likely to feel sore, well, not necessarily sore, but it's going to feel tired. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, when you're mentally drained and somebody's giving you a hard time, you just can't be bothered with them. Whereas if you're physically tired, you're more likely to hit them
0: well there's that (laughs) another thing as well you might have seen or or, or not and I'm just thinking of this while, while I'm thinking of it would you say then maybe that all of this um physical exercise that people think is enough uh which we know isn't is what's causing all of this because the most common complaint I get are people contacting me and going, my dog's awful anxious. My dog's always wound up all the rest of us like, is that because they're not getting any mental stimulation?
1: Absolutely. Uh, When you go for a run um, or take physical (laughs) exercise.
0: (laughs) Um, I saw that eye roll.
1: (laughs) Um, No, when I take physical exercise, it's not so much, it, it, it's different, there's different ways. There, there's anatomical people, physiological people, psychological people. Everybody deals with stress in a different way. Physical people go for a run. Physiological people are much more likely to reach a, par- a bar bara chocolate when they're stressed. The psychological people need good sit down, good chat with a glass of wine type thing. So people have different ways of expressing stress. If you Uh, If you have somebody that's a very psychological person who just needs to chat and you try and de-stress them by forcing them to go out for a run, they're just going to get more and more stressed out (laughs) into their own heads, because that's not the way of the triad to get at it. And in the same way with the animals, when the dog is constantly physically tired, they are much more likely to be aggressive. And that's what I meant by, you you know, in the same way that a human's more likely to hit somebody an animal is more likely to attack i remember you a long time ago telling me a story of an akita yes um who basically had a personality transplant when they crate trained the dog
0: yep. when they uh, rather speak.
1: than them thinking that the dog was jealous of the baby because you know the ba- the dog's personality changed, we realized the dog isn't getting any sleep yep so give the dog a safe space to sleep in so in the same with our humans with everything that's been going on in the last two years humans aren't getting much sleep mm. humans are not getting the right quality of sleep through the two-hour sleep cycles um and 16 years ago when i started osteopathy by far the way the main reason people took time off work was back pain um and that hasn't actually changed the numbers of people taking time off for back pain hasn't changed but it's now superseded four times by people taking time off with stress.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So we don't tend to give stress as much of a consideration as we ought to, either in the human or in the animal. With horses, the main reason the main reason that a horse is going to play up it's not because it just decided to take the huff with you it's because it doesn't understand the process and it is stressed and it's anxiety so most behavioral problems that i find in animals are down to tiredness or they're down to anxiety
0: interesting yeah yeah a lot of stuff from anxiety for sure and especially a lot of these situations because they've changed so much so all of a sudden The dog that was used to having some really good sleep for uh, you know three four five six hours during the day where a lot of people are thinking oh i'm terrible because i'm leaving my dog alone so long it's like no they were actually getting some time out they were actually better off because now all of a sudden uh, yeah the anxiety calls have just superseded any other calls i've ever had before it's like, oh, we need something to calm him down. We're, we're going to put him on this. And the vet wants him on that. And, oh, we're looking for CBD and over oh, this and over that. And it's like, all right, give your dog some time to sleep. Stop mm-hmm. annoying it so bloody much. Um, because you're in his face now all the time. It's like, why is my human here? That's stressful enough. I mean, I why are am- stressed because we mm-hmm. can't do what we used to? So mm-hmm. is the dog.
1: No, I'm a huge advocate of crate training. Yep. Simply because it ge- dogs are den animals. They like a nice hidey hole where they feel safe and they feel they're not at work.
0: They need their um, own room. Just like you need idea. yours.
1: So many people saying, you know, it, it's great. Your dogs are, but I know that also your dogs have their safe places. Oh, yeah. So um,
0: when I don't people have toddlers say... toddlers running honey, around don't poking fingers dog at dog
1: them dog either. House. (laughs) Sorry, Heather. I (laughs) put you off there. (laughs) Sorry. I hear so many folks saying that they refuse to put their dog in prison, and their dog has the house. This puppy has the run of the house. Now, the way that I see crate training is when you get a new dog, make their world very small. So this is your safe place. This is your environment. This is my environment. When I welcome you into my environment, you have two choices. One of them ends up in a sausage. So they don't, are just helping them make their choices. And but that way, they, they develop and they understand and they grow Hold on more. a minute,
0: Heather. I don't think a lot of people will get that. Now, whenever you say one of the choices ends up in a sausage, do you mean that they get a sausage or that they end up going to the factory to become one?
1: Depends, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> basically, always make your animal think they're the one that's made the choice right whether it's a horse or a dog or whatever make it think it's their choice so um if you I, I, one of the biggest things that i've had to do with my mare is take her back to square one because with animals we tend to teach them to count to 10 and then expect them to do advanced trigonometry <laughs> because you think okay you can come when you're called. you can sit you can walk on a lead right right you know now identify okay this sponge is a bath sponge so don't chew that but this sponge is your sponge because it's my old bath sponge so you can chew that one right you know and how are they supposed to know but if you crate train them you're able to expand their world as they're able to cope with it rather than bombarding them An exercise I would urge anybody to do is try... um, We did this when we were doing the animal behavior. They picked three of us and said, go out the room, forget everything you know about being a human. So we went out. The first person went in and what they wanted her to do was just to walk around in a circle and sit down. And the only instruction they gave her was no. Right. And in the end of it, she just sat down out of frustration. And they were rewarded her for that, because after about half an hour of just, just watching her getting more and more frustrated, she just sort of, sort of and happened to walk down in a circle and sit down. So the second person, all they gave them was yes, a just nothing but positive report, um, affirmation, and it took her about 20 minutes, and it was very frustrating. But they wanted her to sit down and roll onto her back. Um, and it was then very trial and error. With me, when I was the third person, <laughs> I was given positive affirmation and a guide to know that that's the wrong thing. So they said nya when it was the wrong one and yip when it was the right one and gave me a pound when they said yip. So the first thing, knowing <laughs> nothing about being a human, when I walked in the room, was which way around does the room go? Because When when we walk into a room as a human, you automatically put everything into this 2D picture, whereas a dog sees everything in 3D. So it doesn't fully understand, you know, the table is just as valid as the floor, is just as valid as that shelf on the wall. And then if you can actually go around, it's, it's a very different way of looking at it. But given the first person took half an hour to sit on the floor, the second person took half an hour to sit on the floor and roll over. I took 10 minutes with yip and yip to find a diary that was on the desk and look up the German dialing code. Holy
0: cow. Wow. That's incredible.
1: The two things that I got from that is one, let them know that that's not the answer you're looking for. So I use try again and be careful with your commands because people use down when they want the dog to lie on the ground, but they also say down when the dog's jumping up on them. Exactly. So be very specific. One command. And then when you finish one training, that command, make a clear stop and then start the next commands. Right. Because otherwise it gets confusing for the dog.
0: Yes. And I came from uh, Barbara Woodhouse and then Gary Wilkes and Sarah Wilson's camps and various versions of different things in between. But wrong was always the neutral one that that I got from Gary Wilkes because no is said in every other sentence that you say on a day to day conversation with another human in your house. So no Mm -hmm. means absolutely nothing because there's no consequence to it to a dog. But if you say wrong is more of a neutral because it doesn't actually hold that much energy either, it actually sounds like a very neutral word. So you're not actually identifying or punishing or rewarding by just saying wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Which was kind of the nice pause. Let's do that again. Um. So, yeah, different Are things you, like
1: that um, was working. Let's change. Hmm? I always go let's train and we start and then at the end of it I go Whoosh. and okay. that to her nose it. it's all done or let's play or um but and let's then go. again and then we start again
0: yeah right yeah so yes. I always
1: would, um, try again but then also instead of good girl or anything like that I go good choice if she's made a choice then always just good choice because there's all yeah like you say yes is used in so many uh, good girls is used click. <laughs>
0: mm. or the clicker yes
1: actually clicker training is a clicker training i use yet um rather than the clicker because by the time i've got the clicker organized and done that <laughs>
0: you
1: know, yeah a lot, done. a lot
0: it's easy to teach a lot of newbies if you like though um with the clicker because it's more of an identifying noise That Uh everybody is consistent with, especially because if I'm going to do any training with someone, I only used to do um, private in home training, which of course we can't do that at the minute. Um, But the clicker would be then passed from the five year old to the adult male, to the adult female, to the teenage person or whatever, and it always sounded the same. So there was the consistency which helped the dog to identify what was the correct Mm -hmm. response. Um, so that's a very very nice way to bridge the gap until the humans and the dogs understand what's required and what the dogs capable of doing at the same time. So that's a, it's always a nice way to bridge. But Heather, we've flown way off track on what we were going to talk about today. So I think we're going to have to have you back. But this was a, a really interesting chat um, just about the whole behavioural side of things. So why don't we wrap that up for today and let's have you back really really soon and uh we'll we'll talk about some other things um because i i knew i had some things that i wanted to ask you about so would you be okay about coming back again
1: absolutely it's always lovely to speak to you
0: oh i know i always love the excuse to do it as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right heather well We will talk to you later then. And folks, hopefully you've enjoyed this. And if you have any questions and stuff as well, please let us know. Um, Contact us through the links or through any of the ways that you've watched or listened to us. And uh, we will get back to you. Something else I've I've mentioned with our other guests and I will mention again with yourself, Heather, that at some point, if we have any interest in doing so, we would like to do maybe a, a live Zoom call where we have some of our guest speakers back again, where we can do a Q&A with some select um, people who decide that they want to jump on to that. So maybe you'd be interested in that as well, Heather. I'm sure that would be almost like a, a day's worth of Q&As when we get everybody on, because we've got a lot of people coming on and a lot of people on already that's got lots and lots of information so um, hopefully we will get out there and get to some of the masses and help them out because the whole point behind us is empowering people to make better choices and to understand different things that they can do instead of sitting inside that box because there is no box. All right, Heather, lovely again to have you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on Quantum Yours today and stay possum.
1: All information, products, and topics discussed in the show are simply the host and guest's personal opinions and are for informational purposes only. None claim to offer a diagnosis, treatment, or cure. All listeners and viewers are encouraged to do their own research and consult with their own healthcare providers before changing or adapting any new protocols. Finacium Holistic Health, nor any of its entities, assume any responsibility or liability for any consequence relating directly or indirectly from the information contained within the podcast.